While we make our way back to our seats. Good morning, everybody. Thanksgiving is almost here. Everyone's excited. All the ones that don't cook are excited, aren't they? <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Anyway, I want to welcome you. My name is Pastor Rich Lee, pastor here. And before I get into the message, I just want to share something with you. Um, I love the uh, scripture that, uh, that uh, uh, Kyle came with about us loving people. And uh, if you didn't know, the last four weeks, we have actually did a food drive. And we put a challenge on to raise uh, at least 800 pounds of food for the food bank. And uh, last year, we did over 600 pounds for two drives. And we didn't quite make the uh, 800 on this drive, but we made 576 pounds on this drive, which far exceeded our almost our first time we did it for 300. So we're going to go over 1,000 this year. I'm really excited about that. But it's through your generosity and through your giving. And really, it's through your love for God and love for people. So I appreciate uh, all the, the things you guys brought in. You continue to just bless our church. You'll know at the end of December, we're going to do a, uh, a, re- a wrap-up on what happened this year. And you guys, your giving and how we're able to touch our community and touch the world um, through your generosity has been truly amazing. And the last thing we're going to do before Christmas is out, you went out in our hallway in our foyer, right across from our welcome desk, we have two boxes called, and they're from, um, from uh, Toys for Tots. Our Marines... Uh, United States Marines do a a drive every year for toys. And if you have a chance to stop by Walmart, I've been to Walmart. I went to Walmart in September and saw all the toys that were out already. Made me feel like a kid again. Um, If you have a chance to drop off a toy between now and December 15th and put it in, you don't have to wrap it. It doesn't matter what size. It doesn't matter what the age group. They will surely appreciate it. They'll come and pick it up for us. We thought it would be easy. That means everyone can participate. If you're a college student, if you go get something for $5 for a child, you'd be surprised it goes to children not expecting to get anything for Christmas. And remember, we, we have a saying here, which is uh, you'll be seeing, hearing a lot of that. We're blessed to be a what? Blessing. Blessing. And you guys really live up to what we say. We don't just say it. You do it when you look at that. So I, pre- I really I thank God for this, this church and thank God for you guys because you're amazing in your generosity. Give yourselves a hand this morning. Thank you. So, again, I just wanted to let you know, thank you so much. Again, opportunity, we'll do that for Christmas, and then we'll uh, uh, see what God does through that. But if you've been coming for a while, it's our second week of um, what we call Count It series. It's a series that Psalms 103 we created, and I made a joke about why I call it Count It, but really the question is this, uh, do you count your blessings or you think your blessings don't count? And that's what it is. And we look at, we went to Psalms 103, the first part, and really the first name, the, the name of the message, I didn't say it last week, I'm surprised when I listened to myself, is really called Divine Benefit Package. And this one is Divine Benefit Package Part 2. And we're going to cover about five more things that God has showed us in his word that we can be thankful for. And I remember I said this last week, that um, we sometimes miss the things unseen that really give us the freedom and the, and the walk and the things seen. God did not bless us, we wouldn't be here on the earth. God didn't send Jesus, we wouldn't be here right now. And that's a true blessing that we're free. Uh, in fact, I love that song so much, uh, Freedom. We're going to have to play that at the end. I just love that song. It gets me going. 
might run around the you know, sanctuary a couple times. You go, is it gonna be, everybody going to be all right with that? If you're not, I don't care. It's all right. No, I don't do that because I got to do a lot of things tomorrow. Too old for that. Anyway, I get a bicycle and do that. Anyway, uh, so what we're going to do today is spend in Psalms 103, verses 6 through 14. Last week, 1 through 5, was a person, uh, David was talking about the personal blessings that he experienced. 6 through 14 is actually talking about the public blessings that we all do experience together. And I, what I did, I unpacked some things on here. But starting in verse 6, if you don't have your Bible, um, it's, it'll be on the screen. As always, I'll be using the ESV versions. But in verse 6, it starts this. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always shine, which he will not always just stand by and watch what we do, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins. Can I get a shout on that? <laughs> nor repay us according to our iniquities. That means we're bent towards sin. He still doesn't count it against us. Thank you, Lord. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so is his great steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame, and he remembers that we are just dust. And that encourages me as we go through this. Uh, Tony Evans had a quote, <laughs> fantastic quote I, I wrote down. Um, yet last week, and he said this, when your level of complaining is at an all-time high, it can mean that your level of praise is at an all-time low. You find life, you're complaining, you kind of forget that God is our blesser, and you always have something to praise God. Now, does it feel good? No, you can be in his presence and be angry. You can be in his presence and feel disappointed. But he already, and you can't even hide it because he already knows it. But as long as you're in his presence, that's where he wants you to be, to transform you into something else. So it doesn't matter. Have you ever heard this? You got to get ready before you get with God. When my heart's right, I'll get with him. He wants you to get with him so your heart will become right. He already knows if you're trying to hide your emotion, he already knows how you're feeling. It's okay. So um, when you look at it, and I said this, when we talk about praise, the reason why our praise can be all-time low, the opposite of praise is forgetfulness. Remember I said, the opposite of praise is forgetfulness. Now, you're asking, why did, why did we come up with this series? Here's the main point that I'm seeing today. The Lord spoke to me on this. You know, we must learn to enjoy our blessings in the character of God and not just in the creations of God. Whenever we try to count our blessings in God's creation, how many have, have bought a car four years ago? Do you appreciate it now than you did when you first bought it? Got a little dings on it, kind of rusted out a little bit. Now, if it's past four years, that's when you're really your maintenance plan doesn't really work. They give you a great maintenance plan the first two years because they know it's not going to break down. Well, things start to fade. Things change in a moment. You can have $100 on, on Tuesday and something blow it up and Thursday is gone. 
But what happens if you think that's such a blessing, you put all your heart and soul into it, it goes up and down. So your attitude of living is I'm up because it's good and I'm down. And And here's the thing. When we talk about eternal blessings, they never change. And our praise will only be steadfast when we put it in the character of God. When we talk about these benefits, the word means acts in the Hebrew. But it's really God's attributes. This is his character. When you say you hear the word love, you hear that you know in the Bible it says God is what? Love. It's his character, it's his essence. So we fall in love with the essence of God, not the things of God. And we count those blessings because sometimes we've been there. That's the only thing you have is him. Everything else you thought was permanent can kind of get away from you. So we really want, we want you to learn how to enjoy your blessings in the character of God and not in just the creation of God. Now, there's five things, five more things, benefits, acts from the Lord that David, remember, this is David's psalm that he remembers. Such a powerful psalm. When right, and I was reading about it, and they were talking about when you read the psalm all the way through, it's the, actually, it represents the, the, uh, the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Now, who's ever a Hebrew scout, you'll probably, that's great. If you're not, you're going to say, well, you just move on. But you have to learn that stuff in school. There's five things, five more things. I want you to write them down. First one is righteousness. Second thing is intimacy. Third thing is patience. Fourth thing is mercy. And the fifth thing is our Father. Now, the whole Psalm of 103 really represents the mercy and the compassion of God for his creation. But then it breaks out into these attributes, into these uh, benefits that we can actually uh, spend time in to encourage us. I know the holidays are coming up. It's happy for some, not happy for others. Memories come up that you didn't expect to come up. You might have to go to an experience that you really don't want to be, go through during the holidays because everything's amplified, the good and the bad. But we want you to, I know it's good here and I know it's bad here, but God's good all the time. We want you to focus on this, on him. So the first one, righteousness. In verse 6, he says this, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. <laughs> that, is, that is awesome. It says righteousness and justice. And really, to make it simple, God makes what's wrong right. Before we knew Jesus, we were wrong. How many agree with me? And he had, he's still making us right. How many agree with me? Just because we said the prayer doesn't mean anything's changed right away. How many know it's a process for him to make us right? And he's also, he believes in those who are oppressed. The same way the church believes in someone who's oppressed. That's why we do collections and those things, because God wants them to be right. He wants us to, he made us right through his son. We were off, he made us right. And he made his son sin for us. So he always wants to make what's wrong right. And when you're talking about righteousness, that's a benefit. That the righteousness that we have, we didn't earn it. We can't even put our label on it. It's Christ that made us right. God has made us right. And whenever you hear or think you're not, you got to remember, what Jesus did on the cross is permanent. It didn't change because your, your, um, your uh, mood changed. 
Now, you might not feel righteous, but you are. Maybe you're a son of God and daughter of God. You are, because that's the work on the cross. Remember, we're celebrating what Jesus has done, not what he's going to do. Now, what he's going to do is perfect you. How many love to be perfected? How many parents love to perfect your children? <laughs> How easy is that? Is it easy? No. And you know, you can tell them that old line, it hurts me more than it hurts you. Young people, they're lying. They're loving it because they just want peace. Okay, anyway. He makes what's right wrong. Righteousness. Those who are oppressed. We were all oppressed before we came to God. We were. We were oppressed by society, what we're going to be, who we are, what we're going to do. We had no idea, and we tried to think it out as much as we could. We walked oppressed. How many see the world today really walking oppressed? No one's happy any longer, are they? Because their, their blessings they thought were going to work money, power. How many blessed people do you see on Wall Street when the market falls 400 points an hour? Then that's when they have to put the guards over the window so they don't jump out. So you put your things in so much. And God's done some things in our lives, in our country, to take our gaze off that which is seen and keep our gaze on that which is eternal, that never changes, that never fades. So righteousness is the first one that you can be thankful for, that you couldn't make yourself right. And God knew it. That's why he sent his son. There was a debt to pay. And he said, you guys can't pay it. Only one, you, you deserve it, but only one that can only pay it. And that's my only son. So be thankful for that, especially when Thanksgiving is coming around. Be thankful for that. Second thing is intimacy. Now we have an intimate God. He said, he made, look at this in verse 7. He said, he made known his ways to Moses, but his acts to the people of Israel. Would you rather know the ways or the acts? The acts, the children of Israel walked with Moses, who walked with God. But you notice whenever they went to the mountain or whenever in the, in the, when they were in the camp and Moses would have what they called a tent of meeting, he would go out to meet outside the camp and go meet with God and God will come down in the presence in the cloud, and everyone will go to their tents and just look out. No one told them they had to. The only one that went with Moses was Joshua, because he said, I will go, I will go out and meet with you. And he would meet with them, the Bible says, as a person face-to-face. He was a friend of God. And here's the opportunity that we have that today, that God, God is intimate. When you look at the word the Lord, it means Yahweh, the self-existent one, the one true God, everything I need in every circumstance. But he is personal. A lot of people believe he just he created all things and he left it to himself. But he's personal. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. When Jesus said, I must go, because Jesus was in one spot. Now we have the Holy Spirit that brings revelation to us. But we can be with God face to face. And intimacy was amazing. Again, he showed his ways, his revelation, his will to Moses face to face. And he only showed the acts to the Israelites. And sometimes our relationship can be, we just want to be around God for the acts, but not the ways. And if his acts don't measure up the way we think it is, we'll back out. But he wants a deeper relationship than that. And Exodus 34, 6 through 7 is amazing scripture. 
Moses goes up on the mountain for 40 days to hear from God and get the law. And the people are down. They couldn't wait 40 days. They're gone. He's gone. It's over. Let's go ahead and build this, this, uh, this, this calf. Get some gold. Let's build us a guy. And then, you know, his right-hand man, his brother, helps him. God, and now, and you, you realize when I read this in school, he's saying, why did we need the law? And he had, I think one guy said, he had to convince Moses that they need the law. He wasn't gone 40 days, and it's a mess. And they here they're building this golden calf. He comes down. He sees it. They're partying, throws the tablets. After spending 40 days with God, he's all shining. Throws the tablets down. God opens up the earth. Few people uh, disappear. And um, meets his brother. He said, what are you doing? Well, you know, Moses, got to tell you, man, I just threw some gold in the, in the fire, and the calf was, just came out of nowhere. Really? Really? What a brother. Right-hand man. Well, God decided in 33, this is a stiff-necked bunch. <laughs> I don't know what to do with them. I really don't. But I'll do this, guys. I'll do this, Moses. I'm going to give you an angel. And I'll let you go into the promised land. But I'm not going because if I even stand close to them, they're going to be dust. I mean, they're going to be history. i become God the hit man. I'm so mad, so angry. Moses says something significant in chapter 33. Because I read that. It's so interesting. We can actually get the things of God without God being there. Because he said, I'll send an angel with you. Moses said this, God, if you're not going, don't take me up. I'm not going. If you're not going, I'm not going. Show me your ways. Show me your glory so I will know you more. Show me you. See, the whole idea was not them to go in the promised land to get stuff. The whole idea was them to be with God. Moses knew that. I will be with, I'll be happy with you. We don't go in the promised land, but do not leave. Don't not, I am not leaving without you. In, in chapter 34, verse 2, 6, he said, go up on the mountain and we'll meet. But I can't, I have to, my hand has to cover you because no one can see me pure and live. And every Israelite knew that. I was making jokes about them at the mountain. They knew they could not see a God um, and see him pure. And Moses didn't either, but he saw his glory. He saw some other things. He said, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a merciful and gracious. How many love this line? Slow to anger. Abounding in steadfast love and what? Faithfulness. Keeping steadfast love for a thousand, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who by, by no means clears the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. When you read that, you're saying, as believers today, what we do today and how our relationship with God will pass to our children. You want to pass blessings to your children. Those who decide, I'm going to leave this earth without blessing, without following God, you're going to leave a hard road for your children. Your children's children. So you're not on the earth by yourself and thinking. Even if you have friends, you can actually trip your friends up on the way you live. 
But he says, I am slow to anger. And that's where David got this out of, out of Exodus. Moses walked with God face to face. And Moses learned how to have mercy for the people. Now, you hear that, and we sit there today, I just they don't get it. I don't understand that. Aren't we them that we don't get it sometimes? But I want, I want to help you in your walk with, with, with God. You want to walk at a level of intimacy with God. You don't want just to have a, an act or wait for his acts. The reason why you want to have a, a relationship with God, you'll understand God a little more. Not everything, but you'll live a life of security. Whenever you live in a life of acts, you're hoping whatever you do works. And you live your life in condemnation because you didn't measure up. If you didn't get an act, you didn't ask of God. He got, if he doesn't do something, be silent for a little while, which he does to grow us up, you'll think he doesn't love you. You walk in this level of no fruit. But a relationship is so much sweeter. Think about if you're married. Tell your wife, hey, honey, I'll see you once a year at a temple. You think that's going to last? And I hope this next year we do okay with each other. Then we'll meet up. Oh, I'm only going to hang out with you if you give me something. It's a relationship. And as you more you stay with God, the more he starts to stay in you. And the more he starts to transform you into the man Moses had. And you didn't know Moses had an anger problem. If it was up to Moses, he wouldn't have threw the tablets on the ground. He would have hit his own brother in the head with it. But that, the man, that man decided, I need to pray for these people. Because, God, these are your people. And he said he went face to face. And the only way you can do that which is really countercultural today, is to learn to get away alone with God. You got to have a place that you go and spend some time with him. Life is busy today. A cell phone will tear, when you're praying, you ever have, you've been in a deep time with God and your cell phone go off and someone buzzes you and all that, and if it doesn't work, they'll buzz you again. Did you get it? It's only been two seconds. Did you get it? Did you get it? And it throws your whole time off. Because life gets so busy. But the intimacy was going to be with God is when you got to pull away, you got to find that place, really, and I call it in my life, find that place where you can find your sanity again. And that's what Moses, that's why he put it outside the activity of the tent. Because he wanted an intimate relationship with, with God, not to just a, a, a um, shallow one. Who wants to have a shallow relationship with God? Or when you, when you have your, if you're dating or you're courting, you want to have a shallow relationship with the other? No. You want to, as you grow with each other, and as you get married, you want to have an intimate relationship with one another. It's the same thing he's talking about. The blessing is, he is not a God that created the world and walked away and said, you're on your own. See, everyone else, and that's the thing, everyone else has a God that he, he's, he's there, but he's not really there, but we're not sure. And we'll do all these things, but we already know all we got to do is get up in the morning and watch the sun come up. Oh, our God does exist, and he does love us. Intimacy. Third one is patience. How many love patience? 
How many has patience? Raise your hand. You're lying. <laughs> you always fall for that. No, I'm just kidding. I know, my man. I'm just kidding. You got patience, brother. Give it to me. Said so verse 8, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. He's not always shy, which he was not always healed, no, but always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. I wrote this down. He doesn't hold a grudge, and he doesn't hold records. God is merciful. He's slow. In 2 Peter 3, 9, it says this, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises. His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that should anyone, any should perish, but also reach repentance. God is patient with us, and he's patient with those who don't know him. But he will not be patient forever, because we read the back of the Bible. Jesus is coming back again, and he gives you plenty of time. When people say that the Old Testament is one of the, is one of the uh, bloodiest books I've ever read, I don't think so. When someone, a prophet shows up 150 years prior and tells you what's going to happen, and you still don't listen to him, how much grace is 150 years? is a lot of grace. Sometimes we don't have 150 seconds of grace. 150 years of grace. Everything that people have gone through in the Old Testament, New Testament, God showed them and told them, and it was up to them to respond to that. He gives you grace. He gives us patience. How many know if he didn't have patience, will we be sitting here today? In fact, he has better patience on, on, on him, on us, than we have on ourselves sometimes. The tyranny of the urgent. How many deal with that? When you're young, I got to be there. I got to be something I don't know what it is, but I'm going to figure that out. And you're my age. Did I do anything in the last 50 years? If I got to do something, I don't know what it is. See? Tyranny and urgent. Got to go, got to go, got to go, got to go, got to go. And we live in a 15-minute town. Got to go, got to go, got to go, go. Right? Patience. How many know how God works patience? He puts you in the classroom and says, you'll learn, I'll just beam patience down to you. How many love that kind of class? How many know you're going to suffer through that during the Christmas holidays? When Walmart can't get you out there in 2.3 minutes. Oh, y'all don't go shopping. <laughs> you know you've been there at the cash register. And someone doesn't have a credit card. They got cash. And they don't have it out yet. They rang it up. And they're going like this. And they're doing this, and you're holding a whole bunch of things, and I hear you all behind me. <laughs> I'm doing it on purpose to check out your patience. And you're like, and they don't know, and they're doing like this, and you're like, what, you, and you, what do you want to do? Take out your golden sword and ask God for permission to destroy, and I'll repent <laughs> afterwards. And it's like, I got to go. Is that how much? And she doesn't know how to count. Oh, look at y'all. What kind of mercy is that? How much change do you get back? And you're like, and y'all just got to church. This is Sunday. I'm talking, I'm not talking about Monday. Aren't you glad that God... Doesn't that treat us that way? Can you imagine 
40 years and then get it? He's like, you're close. You're close. He doesn't do that. He's patient. And guys, be patient with yourselves. (laughs) Okay? And be patient with other people. Now, I'm going to be looking for every one of y'all in Walmart. But I don't go into Christmas Eve. I'll tell you my secret later. Because y'all buy all the junk. I buy the good stuff for 2015. Because they feel sorry for me because I'm so late getting shopping. They wrap my gifts because I'm a guy. <laughs> me and my son, we have a great time. Miss Helen's the only one that's out there with us. She sees us every year. <laughs> right, Miss Helen? She sees us all the time. And we're like, yeah, I haven't wrapped that either. We just take and put it underneath the tree because we so, we're so helpless. Oh, sorry you waited so long. Yeah, I'm sorry, too. I don't know what to get them. Oh, yeah, try this. this. We have some fun in the back. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. I got to get going. I don't know how I got there. Patience. Doesn't hold the grow. What I'm really making you laugh about is have patience for yourselves. Have patience for people and recognize those who are being discipled by other people in God. Have patience with them because he had, it took me 30 years to figure him out. Okay? Have patience. Next one is, number four is mercy. This one gets you shouting. So he does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repays us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is the steadfast love toward those who fear him. Now, you know the word I told you last week, steadfast love means loyal. He's loyal. His love is loyal. He's faithful. He does not, according to our sins, I'm glad he didn't deal with us according to our sins the way um, we think we should be dealt with. And he also, iniquities is the way our, if you look that word up, it's about the way our mind is bent toward things that were off. And he has, he has patience. He has mercy for that. I wrote this down. Mercy pardons sin and love covers sin. The mercy, God gave us a pardon. His merciful love, he sent his son. The significant, I was teaching the youth on Wednesday and gave them a significant thing about what it really feels like. This is us, guys. We are standing on a track with a train bearing down on us that we deserve to be on that track, and we deserve to get hit by the train. And God said, let me send my only son and let him, you get off, let me push you off the track and let him get hit by the train. That's merciful. It's not heroes. It's merciful. And then, by the way, whatever they've done is canceled. And when you say pardon, you don't remember it. Now, in the state side, when it's pardon, you might remember some of it. But with God, he doesn't remember any of it. And then after that, he says, in the meantime, I take love as high as the heavens on the earth, and I will cover all your sins. Now, is that a reason reason to sin? No. By the mercies of God, you live your life as a living sacrifice. The reason why you do it, because you're so thankful that you did not get what you deserve. That's amazing. And when you know that, you can praise God for what you did yesterday, because some of y'all had some days, or what you just did an hour ago. Y'all dress up nice. I'm making a joke, but we are prone, because our iniquities, to go the wrong way. He knows that. Jesus died for that. That's mercy. It's hard for us because if you've been a Christian for a long time, you want to lead with law. 
versus love. And love understands that they don't, like Jesus said on the cross, they have no idea what they're doing. When you were walking around with God, did you, you had no idea what you were doing. You didn't even know until you got born again. Like, I was doing that. And then you have this moment. I, I thought that was good. That really wasn't good. You have no idea the mercy that he poured out for each and every one of us. That gives you a heart to those who's outside doesn't know it. I told the youth, let them, they can laugh all they want. But man, at the end of the day, if, you're, if you don't have mercy and love for them, you're going to have the last laugh. I know I had to hurt um, Noah to shut that boat up with all those outside screaming. I, you can't say it was easy. Last, and that's, you know, love covers a multiple of sins. It's out of 1 Peter 4, 8. That's the part, mercy. That's another one. We have to have mercy for people. They don't know what they're doing. And those who are born again who are trying to walk with God have no idea as we learn new ways to go. Like I told you earlier about intimacy, it's revelation. What you didn't know yesterday, you'll know tomorrow. And some might be longer down the road, farther down the road than you are, but you got to have mercy for them. Which takes me to my last point. The only one that can do that is what I call our father. Every other religion or cult, he's the creator, he's the one, the greater one, he's this, he's that, and he is our creator. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is all those things. But Jesus put it simple. He's our father. And verse 13, as the father shows compassion to his children, which that word is mercy, so the Lord shows compassion to those who what? There's a, there's a, there's a, there it is. Those who fear him, not just, you know, those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers we are what? Dust. Now you're good dust. You're good dirt. Okay, not the dirt you see on the side of the road. You, you're a little topsoil in here. I know that. Don't want you to get offended. You know, the fact that God remembers who we are and how he made us is another mark of mercy. He knows our fallacies. He knows our shortcomings. A father knows those things. <laughs> he knows those things. In Malachi 3, verses 17 and 18, he says, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up treasure possession, and I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. Then once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the ones who, do not serve, who does not serve God. There's a distinction of people who walk with God because we know he's our father, and there's a distinction who walks out. You can tell the difference of a believer and a non-believer. But the one thing I love about this thing, Jesus taught us how to relate to our Father, to our God, as Father. Jesus always called them Father. In, in Luke chapter 11, the Lord's prayer starts with our Father. Now, that's tough for those who didn't have an effective Father. Because you have no way to gauge it. But the greatest thing is, he's the Father to the fatherless. Have no idea. But that's how you see as a father, you don't hide from a father. Jesus is the father, and you see in the Bible, God comes to us all the time. 
He loves us. He knew we were not going to be perfect when he created us. He knew you were going to have your flaws. He knew we were frail. He knew we were going to have shortcomings. But he loved us anyway. Our Father. Now, you might have a Father that judge you in those areas, but our Father doesn't judge you in those areas. Jesus said in, in, um, in, in John that I'm going, after he died on the cross, don't cling on to me, guys, because I am going to the Father who is now your Father. Your Father. The Father you didn't have to work hard to perform for. See, when I first gave my life to Jesus, I only knew how to work for a father. So I tried to do all things to please a father. And I was getting stressed out. And my father says, guess what? I'm taking you just as you are because I know how you're created. I'm looking at culture today, the certain words I'm hearing. We're going to talk about that in the spring, about um, people's looks outside on the inside and what people say about us now about being average size and average. Average is not a good thing anymore, I guess, if you're a woman. Because now they have an average and normal Barbie. Like it's some curse. Because they focus so much on the outside. God doesn't focus on your outside. He already knows who you are. You got to be, can I be real? You don't hear this word pride much in church because you think it's prideful. Be proud of who you are. Be proud of who you are. Here's an amazing thing. Every year in the springtime, we had grass in our house front and back. Every year, even if there's grass growing, my dad said, go out there and turn the grass over. Well, I didn't have a t- you didn't have a tiller because I was a tiller. So you go turn over the, the grass. And he said, get in the car. Let's go over and get some trash bags and get a trash can. So where are we going? Let's go get some dirt. I said, dirt? He said, we got to get some dirt. So we would go find dirt. And we find it at new, new um, construction sites. So we go get dirt. Some of y'all are like, that's not a bad deal, is it? No, it really isn't. You go get dirt. After you turn the grass over, you put the dirt in it. And you put the fertilizer in it. And now that dirt grows the most marvelous grass and flowers. Says he said, we're but dust. See, we're dirt. But out of that dirt, we're God's dirt. Out of that dirt grows most beautiful flowers and grass you've ever seen. See, that's the mercy and grace of God. You don't have to grow anything. You just got to walk with him. He's going to grow it out of you. Gifts and callings you never knew you had. Because the dirt is going to bring some fruit. And you'll say, I don't even feel that way. I just feel like I'm just nothing. No, you're something to our Father because that's why you're here. doesn't matter how you got here. If you're a foster kid, or it doesn't matter how you got here. God put you here as some fantastic dirt to do some fantastic things. Because he knew we're just dust. And he says, I'm so powerful and so all-knowing. I can do everything on a dime like this. I can change a campus like that. I can change a city like this. He said, no, I'm going to use the finest dirt, the dust, to change 
this planet. See, at the cross, we're all equal. Doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have. From dust we came, dust we go. And he's taking it, he forms it. And he's working it. And he's doing this with it. And he wants you to grow. And then when you get to a certain size, he cuts it so you can spread out some more. See, our Father loves you. He's king, but the way we relate to him is our Father. And every young man in here needs to know that. Every young man needs to know that. Because the way God put it together, as us men hear from our father, we tell our, ch- our boys, our sons, as the God tells us who we are, we tell our sons who they are. But we only get it from him so we can give it to them. And then when they grow up, they'll give it to their kids, and they'll give it to their kids, and they'll give it to their kids. But we don't tell them who they are. They have somebody, they don't know who they are. So they have a childhood, he a dad doesn't know who he is, and a, and a kid doesn't know who he is, and they recreate. And that, that's the greatest thing is our father loves you. How many had a father that let you sit on his lap? I figured not much. That's why it's hard for us to relate to a father. My dad wasn't perfect because he didn't know how to do that. He didn't know how to be a dad. He just gave me some principles. But I'm glad he was there. The love side of it, we, don't, we relate our father to what we see on earth. Disconnected. You're on your own. See ya. Hope you do well. Bye-bye. When he's saying, I'm right here. My arms are wide open. Righteousness is yours. Everything is yours because I'm your father. Why would I hold anything back? That's a hard way to relate. You might be in pain, but who knows our pain better than our father? You might be in disappointment, but who knows better than our father when you're disappointed? It doesn't matter what age you are. He's your father. Yeah, he's he's God. He's king. But he's not about to destroy you. He wants to grow you. And I had to learn that to teach my son that. Because all I know how to tell him was no, no, no. And expectations. He, th- he, knew he, was, he knew his dad was in the military because that's the way I treated him. And then I got a revelation of my God, my father, who gave him a revelation of, of the father. And he wrote this. He said, man, you know the reason why I can walk with God? Because I watch you walk with him, and I'm just going to follow you. And he always tells you, he'll tell you, you ask him how it was before, he'll tell you how it was later. Because I really have a revelation of the Father, our Father. Not the Father. Yes, he's the Father title, but he is your Father. He is your Father. He is your Father. So I don't feel like he's my, he is your Father. One we all saying. Those are the benefits 
When I know he's my father, I'm, you know that song, Freedom? How many love that song, Freedom? You have a revelation. I'm free because my father loves me. He adores me. He thinks I'm cool, even though I don't think I'm cool. He sees the good, not the bad that I see. He sees himself better than I see myself. That's why you can celebrate and say, and here's my response. Thank you, God, for taking this guy and changing him. Thank you, God, for putting, putting, putting um, faith in me. Wow. Thank you, God, for putting faith in you. How many have an awesome father? Give him a hand clap. How many got an awesome father? Say, thank you, God. Thank Everyone say, thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. It's not hype. It's the truth. It's not a reason. It's the truth. Can we, can we praise God this morning? Drop everything you got. Put your hands up. Let me pray for you. Father, ask right now, Lord. You already know where they're at. You already know what's going on in their lives. You already know the disappointments. You already know the pains. I pray right now as we raise our hands in freedom that we can sing, freedom that we can dance, freedom that we can clap our hands and say, thank you, God. Thank you for having more faith in me than I have in myself. Thank you, God, for pulling me out of the pit. Thank you, Lord God, for the righteousness that you imputed on me. Thank you, God, for the intimacy that I have with you. In Jesus' name, let's praise the Lord this morning.